It's playing right now. It is. In my headphones. Yeah, not ours. No. No, you guys don't have it. If you could only hear this. Wow. They're selling you all wolf tickets, people. You're eating them right up. Strong start. Strong start. Intro does sound Halloween. It's all right. It's all right. Let's get some candy corn. <laughs> it, it's weird any other time of the year, but right now, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, fine. it's fall in LA. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the finest podcast here in Silver Lake, California. My name is Ron Erickson II. I am Patrick Pope, the only, and we have a special guest. Our first guest officially on Wolf Ticks, Nick Robertson. What up? Happy to be here. Wow. Look how shiny and new this guest is. So shiny. So fresh. <laughs> not that new, though. I'm, fe- I'm feeling fresh. You're, yeah, you're, not, you're a veteran of podcasting and both the MMA world. And, and life. Tell us a little bit about your, your podcasting and MMA experience, Nick. Get, give, our, give our fans a, a little... Uh, podcasting. Flabby. I had a podcast. It's not, it doesn't really exist anymore, but it might come back, called The Super Chat. Um, and... Just a weird podcast with kind of MMA, but kind of just weird comedy riffing thing. Um, used to work with the UFC. I did UFC Undisputed 2009, UFC Undisputed 2, UFC Undisputed 3. I was a producer, uh, did some game design work, and uh, a bunch of other like marketing stuff with the UFC. Wrote for MiddleEasy.com for a while. So I'm like, I'm fucking in it, dude. I'm a veteran. I know it's kind of crazy because he comes in here and he's like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I know Eddie Bravo, and I know, I know so-and-so, oh, yeah, I was that, I was at that event. So I was, I was, talk- like- so I was talking to Ronda Rousey, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, great, uh, great, great lady, by the way. <laughs> really? Super nice. The closest I've ever got to uh, Ronda Rousey was just at a juice bar, and it was kind of one of those things where my heart was beating so fast, I was like... <laughs> I was going to talk to her, but it didn't happen. The first time I met Ronda Rousey was the first time in my life that I'd ever been like extremely intimidated by a woman. Oh, yeah? I was like showing her like the UFC game at the time, like backstage at some event. And she like sat next to me, like practically on my lap. And I was like, uh, you know, like you push the, like, the B button. <laughs> like I was just, like stumbling over my words. I was like, oh shit, that's never happened to me. Like she intimidated the fuck out of me for sure. She's super cool though, right? Oh, she's really cool. Um, I used to, I, I would go and train in the gym that she trains at uh, every once in a while. And it'd be like a bunch of like crazy Armenian, and, like Eastern European dudes. And she's like beating the fuck out of them. And then I'd be hanging out in the sauna and she would come in and like, go from like beating up all these grown ass men into like talking about clueless and like being like a bubbly like valley girl it was like a really weird kind of transition i'm in love <laughs> yeah <laughs> Total it didn't valley make girl. me any less intimidated she like come in like hey how's it going i'm like oh, i'm fine i'm good <laughs> yeah i never I got, got over I've that i've got a towel around my waist <laughs> yeah <laughs> that gym is that gym happens to be glendale fight club right yep yep owned and operated by uh Edmund Ed- Tarvadian. I like wow. to say Targaryen. Yeah. <laughs> Edwin Targaryen. <laughs> Did you know that he would be such a controversial coach when you were over there? Um, no, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, um, 
living by Glendale, like Armenian dudes, very like um, boisterous. <laughs> yeah, boisterous and like pushy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm. I should no, let you speak. <laughs> you're finding the right words because I'm trying not to like say anything that like would make him want to beat me up. You right, know, right, right. And right. you're finding the words that I would want to say, but I don't have to say them. Sure, I got you. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Um, have you ever like hit mitts with him and or, or been sort of trained by him or, or had any experience working? No, with him? I never did any striking when I would go to that gym. I had a friend who worked with Rhonda and um, he would just invite me over to like do jujitsu stuff. So mm-hmm. I just kind of like be rolling in the background like one on one with my buddy. I like didn't like train officially at the gym. We just right. used like the space. Cool, cool. Yeah, right on. How much research goes into those games, if any? Uh, a lot, a lot. Um, we would watch like I've watched every single UFC event at least a couple times. Like it would get it would get down to the point where like I was going through event by event and f- picking out all of the sponsors off of dude shorts. Whoa! And like making like a spreadsheet. Like it's like yeah, it's like a whole lot. Wow. So um, and that's just sponsor stuff, you know. Yeah. That's like not even getting into like the move sets and all of the things that we would do. So. Too much research. And, and so when you were producing, you were actually doing like the, like the motion capture stuff as well? And uh, I worked with those dudes. I didn't really have to do any of that stuff. It was more like as a producer on a video game, you're kind of like just overseeing and making sure all the different aspects of like the game development mm-hmm. are getting done, you know? Um, so we had guys in-house that did all that, and uh, they, they did all sorts of like – they did like a weird – they pranked Frank Mir and like pissed him off, and it was like a whole thing. <sighs> Um, Frank Mir actually got mad, but then they turned it around and had him prank one of the other guys oh. and like threatened that guy. And that dude was like shitting his pants. He thought Frank Mir was going to beat him up. <laughs> I think I've seen the video of that. Yeah. It, it like blew up. It was like, he was like making Frank Mir do the hokey pokey. Yeah. Oh, right. And then he like, the, he gets in the guy's face and the guy's like, Oh, like about to shit his pants. And he's like, we're pranking you, bro. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And um, you were there. I was not there. Oh, okay. Okay. No, okay. I just, I just was the guy That's that uploaded what was the video. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've actually had some video game experience. I, uh, when I first moved to L.A., one of my first gigs was directing motion capture. Oh, wow. Uh, for a video game that actually never, I think it just was a failed experiment, but we shot at Sony in, down in San Diego. And uh, one thing I really liked about shooting motion capture for those type of video games, uh, it's like a play. Like you rehearse a scene and they'll do like 10 pages of script and that you just let them go and run and sort of do it. And it's like, it's kind of like, watching a, a play because they're not capturing takes they're capturing you know body like a work. full scene yeah, yeah yeah it was it was a uh, quite a quite an experience yeah our stuff was more like robotic than that because it was like we would have certain moves that we were going to put in the game we can't like put everything in there you know so it'd be like do a high kick do like you know so it was very much like a, a checklist of things right. we would just have like a bunch of different dudes come in and do the same shit with their style and like apply those mm-hmm. so it wasn't as uh, artistic as that sounds. Sure, sure, but it's <laughs> it, motion capture is a weird thing. Oh yeah, it's a very weird thing. UFC games, video games are perhaps the most frustrating and complicated things that have ever been created <laughs> in the tough. video game world. They're Let's tough. be honest. No, for sure. Um, the first one I worked on, I didn't even get it, and I worked on that one from like a, like testing perspective. I like managed the test team. Which it one wasn't was in, that? Uh, two thousand nine, UFC Undisputed two thousand nine. Okay. Um, it wasn't until I got into production that I actually like understood how the game worked. 
because I was like, oh, helping make it at that point. Right. But yeah, they're they're complicated. I get it. Patrick, have you ever never, tried to play a UFC never. video I'm game? Never. Sort of, I'm sort. I sort of like gave up video games after Sega Genesis. I like I, so my, my you made the right move. Yeah, I, I don't. It's not something I, I I love watching people play them, and but but I've I've always been sort of and I actually technically own a, a PlayStation Four. Um, Whoa, that's a weird our mutual friend Kurt that's Schmidt. Weird technicality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, our mutual friend Kurt Schmidt. I think we all know him. Um, he uh, he and I bought a PlayStation Four around Christmas to play the Star Wars game, but I never ended up playing it. I just watched Kurt play it. Oh. I uh, technically have a child. Right. I technically have uh, but, uh, herpes. <laughs> 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 just kidding. I'm technically a little worried right now. Right. right yeah. Hey, we are you, you and eighty five percent of the world. <laughs> um, guys, let's talk about uh, the event this past weekend. Super weird. Yeah, you talking about that acid event? That that, that mushroom that event? That mushroom trippy weird <laughs> shit? Wouldn't it be crazy to be on mushrooms at that particular event? Like to have gone and be in the crowd? That would be or even so overwhelming. Watching. It'd be amazing. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. I, don't I, would, get over, I would have to leave. I don't get overwhelmed by by that by drugs. Like they don't ever, they don't, I never get so like fucking out of it that I'm like not functional. I'm usually fine, but mushrooms, I'm very self-conscious of how weird I'm being. And if I'm surrounded by a bunch of like dude bros everywhere yeah. and I'm like tripping out, I would want to get the fuck out of that room for sure. It might be weird watching violence on mushrooms. That's the only yeah, thing, you might the only really thing I'm thinking. I might be yeah. like, this is, uh, I'm going to go look at the stars. I'm going to go look at the stars, guys. Stop. <laughs> would you just stop hitting each other? Stop yelling. So, Ron, I believe we made a bet. Yeah, we made a ton of bets. We made a ton of bets, and I think I was cleaning up at first. Ron basically honest. mopped me. We, we, Ron and I watched the event together, and I basically got, I'm, I'm in the hole. So you guys bet against each other. It wasn't like you were placing bets on like some betting website. No, because I don't understand. Um, that. Yeah, and me Nick, neither. let's be honest, that's illegal. <laughs> no, it's not. What? Is it? No, I think it's fine. Yeah, you can gamble. Guys, I feel online. like you're skirting the online law. poker. I think is illegal, but oh. like betting on sports is fine. Oh, because you can do that. All over the place. You can go bet on a horse race. That's not illegal. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. I did not know that. Ron, are you going to start betting officially now? <laughs> I don't know. That's a dangerous thing for me to get into. You kind of like to gamble. Uh, in a way. When, like, I saw the little, like, when you, when, like, when, 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 when Gall beat Punk and you won, there was a gleam of, like, I want to do this all night. <laughs> did, you see, did you see that, like, slot machine going you, off you in my had, eyes? You had some Gamblers Anonymous, I think, kind of oh. effervescence about you. Well, I don't know if you know this about me, Patrick, but I'm kind of like that about everything. <laughs> yeah. Which is the da dangerous thing. That's why I've uh, been sober for a year. Right. Because right. when something that feels good uh, enters my body or I actually do it, um, I tend to want to do it again and again, over and over into, uh, even higher <laughs> realms. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this feels good. Can I do this every single day? <laughs> I totally get it. I, when I, when I was working at the UFC, I would go to like Vegas all the time for work. Right. And I'm like just good enough at like poker and shit like that, that it's a problem, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause like I would bet too much money and then be like, well, I can get it back. I'm good. Right. And so like I made a hat, I, I made a point of like. All right. From now on, if I'm in Vegas, I just don't gamble because it's, it's, it's a problem. Right. It's yeah. such a good idea. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's worked out great for idea. me. My problem is I'm too dumb. <laughs> like I like I look at roulette. I've had craps explained to me. I've been at oh. the table and played craps two or three times with people who know what they're doing, and every time I'm just like, "What the fuck is going on?" It's a R mystery. Roulette, same thing. 
I, so if I gamble, I, I like if, if, if I'm if You're I'm just in Vegas, away money. I well I'll I'll only put like one time I'll put like a hundred on red or black on roulette, and then just if I win, I win. If not, cool. I tried. Yeah, that's the last thing I did when I was gambling. I was in Vegas, and some crazy homeless dude came up. He's like, "Put it on black," and I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna do that." This guy I trust, and I won, and I was like, <laughs> "All right, that's it. We're done. No did gambling." You, did you get that guy's card? Uh, he didn't have any. <laughs> I know, it was weird, but he didn't have any cards on him. <laughs> Did you give him any of the money? He was already gone by the time oh. I won. Yeah. No. Ooh, he whoops. was like in the middle of the Cosmo, and it's like, there's, they're not letting dudes like that hang out in the Cosmo for more than like a minute. Yeah. Exactly. They come in, yell at one dude to put it all on black, and they get escorted out. Have you ever been to the Chandelier Bar there? Mm-hmm. So dope, right? It's a really cool I bar. I love yeah. that bar. I love that bar. So sparkly. It's like being inside of a Chandelier Bar. Yeah. It's like a three-story chandelier that you drink inside of. Wow. Yeah, I like it. Ron, have you been to Vegas, actually? Yes, I've been to Vegas uh, many times. Okay, yeah. cool. I, was gonna, I don't know if we've ever touched on that. Yeah, I know no. that one of our goals is to go to a, a pay-per-view event in, in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, yeah you've yeah. been. What's the closest <laughs> you've ever sat to the octagon? Uh, too close. Uh, it, like, I had, I had one time... Um, so my little brother lives in Vegas, and I had tickets that technically would have been like $2,500 and my little brother isn't into MMA at all and I invited him to come to the event and he's like I'm cool and I was like what the f-? I was like dude this is like even if you don't care like these tickets yeah. are so expensive that you are obligated you, to go you go you yeah. go it was like it was uh, oh, fuck I forget what UFC it was it was the one where Frank Mir and Cain Velasquez fought the whole oh, main yeah. card was heavyweights Yeah, I remember that um, Oh, and I had like I was like Four rows away. It was ridiculous. Amazing. It was ridiculous. Amazing. Yeah, it was. It was dope. We'll get there one day, Ron. One day. One day. One, one day we'll get. We'll be Nick Robertson's. Robinson's. Robertson. You, you had it right the first time. Rob, yeah. Robertson. Yeah. You don't even know our guest name. <laughs> He's I'm got out of a here. tricky last name. <laughs> it's well, the least tricky last name. That's just, okay. That's I'm okay. never. I'm not good with white guys' last names. Okay. It's just one of those things. They're so confusing to me. <laughs> give me a. Give me an African last name. I'll remember it. Give me an African last name. Human urine. Huh? Kunduba. Okay, cool. I'll take it. <laughs> okay, Nick Kunduba. We'll just go with that from now on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our guest, Nick Kunduba. <laughs> it's Kunduba, isn't it? Kunduba. Or the Kunduba. Kunduba? <laughs> Kunduba. See, we're bad with these. <laughs> <laughs> they can't. Jeez. Um, just a couple yeah, white it, dudes. It's our dream, Patrick, right? To, to, be, to be like you. To, to, be, to be ringside. Yeah, for free. For free. <laughs> yeah, it's part <laughs> That's of the it's way to do it. It's not worth it otherwise. Partially we're cheap, and uh, partially we just want to be in the zone. But you said working for the UFC, or not? You weren't working for the UFC, but I mean, it kind of was. You were. We were doing the game for them. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. I wasn't directly working at UFC. Right. I was working for them. Interesting. So, so what I you see. you must have met Dana White as well, yes? <laughs> yeah. What's your take on that guy? Uh, I happen to be quite a super fan. So like I know there's I know the you know there's obviously vitriol and people just find him to be a scumbag, but I I I think he's a great businessman. I uh I I have like a love hate relationship with Dana White as a fan as a dude. Um, I met Dana White twice, and the first time was the most ridiculous situation. We were having a launch party for the second UFC game we did. And they wanted to get Limp Biscuit to be the band that played the party because Dana White wanted Limp Biscuit to play the party. Of oh course. God, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Everyone was like, "Oh, we can't do that." Um, so we found a compromise. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, you know that they're not cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> he did not know. He did not know. 
Um, so our compromise was Bush. And I'm at the party. I'm like in the, <laughs> like the VIP section of this party. I grab and drinks or whatever. And I look over to my left and it's Dana White. And he like looks over me. He's like, pretty dope show, huh? And I was like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. Glyc- it is. Glycerine, dude. Yeah. I'm not going to come down from this cloud right now, Dana. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the other time I met him was him, like, yelling at, like, the dudes who were making the game about something. I don't remember what it was. Um, we had done a Connect game called UFC Personal Trainer, where, like, you sit in front of your Xbox and, like, punch the air and shit mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And they had all sorts of problems with it, because it was kind of a pile of trash at the time before we had, like, gotten yelled at by Dana White. So. Right. Two interactions. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it would be tough to love someone if the first time that you met them, they were like, we got to get Limp Bizkit in here. Yeah, you'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, All respect, God. Yeah, you're just like <laughs> hero status demotion. <laughs> it's going to be really hard to love you. Yeah. Ron, when was the last time you listened to Limp Bizkit? Um, oh, my gosh. Decades. De- de- decades. <laughs> Probably not longer than Nick's. Did you alive. did you own hot dog flavored water and starfish truck? chocolate starfish? Yeah, the hot right. dog flavored water. There it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> there was just the, there was that moment in time that small, tiny, minuscule moment in time. We were juniors in high school. You, you were just like, <laughs> wow, this is amazing. These guys really slam. Fast forward, and they rap, and they yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, fast forward two months, and you're like, oh, God. You're Ooh. embarrassed. Ooh, <laughs> oh, I, yeah, it's yeah. super embarrassing. I'm over it. I'm over this. I did it all for the nookie. Come on. The nookie. <laughs> <laughs> so you can take that cookie. Where are you going to stick it, though? Um, <laughs> uh, guys. Oh, yeah, we were talking about the fight, yeah. weren't we? Yeah. CM Punk <laughs> versus Mickey Gall. How, what did you expect? How could it have gone better? What were your hopes? What were your dreams? My my hopes and dreams were that somehow CM Punk was gonna be super dope at fighting. Yeah, and I was gonna come Mine out too. and not do exactly what he did, which was charge <laughs> forward and get put on his ass without even throwing a punch. An instant double leg. Yeah, like he just got baited in. Like Gall like pretended like he was gonna punch him, and Punk was just like, "Oh, just run at him." Worst idea. <laughs> so bad. Bad idea. And then he just got owned on the ground. Yeah, he could have at least thing. gone for a clothesline, like stuck his arm out when he was running towards it. Just clotheslined it. Or just like did that like elbow tap thing that wrestlers do yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. before he got up to him. That would have been cool. That would have been way cool. Actually, if they would have locked up sort of jokingly. <laughs> yeah, done and like, then the, like, like the... okay, touch gloves and then gone at it. Yeah, grab <laughs> the back of each other's <laughs> necks and just like circle around <laughs> for a minute. That would have been so dope. <laughs> That would have been amazing. Uh, Instead, he got a hardcore smothering. We're watching it right now. Yeah. Do you and think? Uh, what do you? What do you? What do you think about Gall? You think he's? You think he's the future? Uh, I think he is. I mean, you know, he's a young dude. He's like super young in his career, but with the cards that he's been dealt, he's made the best possible moves he could. Like fighting CM Punk, calling him out, super smart. Super so smart on on the on the Dana show or the looking for a fight. Um, and then. Calling out Sage Northcutt after that, brilliant. He'll get that smart, and that's another like high profile like win for him to get. You know, like he's he's playing his cards really well right now. Yeah, they're not in the same weight class though, right? Yeah, right. Sage is one fifty five. Oh, he's one fifty five. I think. Yeah, but I'm sure that this dude can cut down. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and then also great work on the mic, telling everyone 
fuck all the haters or whatever he said. Yeah. <laughs> whatever he said after the fight where it's like, yo, guys, we need to love each other. Fuck the haters. Yeah. Like, super ridiculous. He said the word fuck at least 30 times in like a minute. <laughs> yeah, I love called, the guy. He I'm, a, I'm a fan. He called Sage Northcutt cheesy, right? Yeah. This guy's cheesy. <laughs> I'm going to punch his cheesy spike hair. Like, yeah. <laughs> Even though it. they look the same, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, color his hair blonde, and it's like almost the same guy, except except extremely less ripped. I foresee an event where Gall and Northcutt go at it, and then for beat each other up for three rounds, and at the end of it, they're just like, "Do we just become best pals? <laughs> yeah, are we in this for life?" And then they're like, "We do like a, a buddy duo sitcom." Gall bleaches his hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just become the same dude, right? Or Sage goes brunette. <laughs> they just switch, for, they just switch off for, for a little bit. <laughs> Does Punk have Pepsi on his arm? Yeah, he's got a Pepsi tattoo. What, t- do you know anything about it? I don't know anything about uh, pro wrestling. Um, is there a story behind it? Is it a sponsorship? I don't, I don't know what the deal is, but I know that it was a problem. Cause like, so we did the UFC games at the company I work for. We also did the WWE games. And like tattoos became a problem. Um, and CM Punk having a Pepsi logo tattooed. That's big not, problem. Yeah. Big problem to deal Pepsi with. Pepsi no likey. Yeah. I think they just made his tattoo like a big red circle instead. Just like, we're just going to pretend like it's not a Pepsi logo. Wow. I, I'm so curious about it. You guys talk. I'm going to look it up. Well, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely look it up. My guess would be, if I just had to take a wild one, is Let's that bet. is that he's, he's straight edge. And so I bet he's doing it out of sort of sarcastic, um, like, I, it, it just seems like it would be a joke. Yeah. I think... That seems that seems like the most accurate, at yeah. least guess. You know, like straight edge dude. And he's like, oh, no beer tattoo. It's Pepsi. We had a girl, uh, one of the PAs that were, at, that I work at, came in the other day with a Pepsi shirt. It was like the Pepsi logo, but in the in the middle of the white, like it's like the the red, the blue and the red, and there's the white stripe where Pepsi's written. <laughs> It said penis. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like a weed shirt. I thought that's what you were leading up to. No, I, it, I love that it was a penis shirt. It said penis. It was hilarious. That is amazing. Ron, what does what does Google say? Well, Google's oh, telling ear. us it's a very similar uh, a very similar thing to what you said, Patrick. It said the Pepsi tattoo on his left shoulder has no serious meaning associated with it. Um, but CM Punk thought if you if people can have a tattoo of beer. Then why can't he have a sign of Pepsi? Yep, that's straight. See, that's straight edge mentality. Is it? yeah. It's not even sarcastic. It's just like it's just, fuck you. Yeah, it's just look. I can do this. Yeah, you want to do your beer? I'll do Pepsi. Yeah, but who has? You're ta- not the boss of me. Yeah, but who has tattoos of beer? I know a few people. Like yeah, actually, you, I do as well. You know people that have tattoos of beer. I have yep. a friend who has an Ice House logo tattooed on, like like a super shitty beer tattooed on it. That was yeah. the first beer I ever got drunk off of. It's a shitty beer. Yeah, I think yeah. Mickey's tattoos are very popular. Mickey's, I, I believe it. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Green Grenade. Yeah, and it's like the thing that you drink in high school. Like, yeah, yeah. Holy Makes shit! Sense. I didn't. I've never seen one. Like, dude, if you had a if you had a beer tattoo, I would be like Nick. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't. Right. <laughs> Do you have any tattoos whatsoever? I've got. Uh, I've got a handful. I've got a tattoo here on my arm from oh, right. the Watchmen comic. Oh, nice. Not the movie, because fuck that. Uh, I've got a lightsaber tattooed on my pinky that Sick. glows under a black light. Uh, I've got the Battletoads logo on my leg. Battletoads? Yeah, dude. Whoa. Deep cut. Deep cuts. Uh, Triforce on my leg, and then I've got like the Star Wars. 
uh, Rebel Alliance logo on my other leg. Hell yeah. Do you remember the crossover Ninja Turtles Battletoads episode? No. Dude, they, what? They, they, they meet in an episode. That's dope. There's a sode of toads and turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Were they like from another dimension, like some of the other weird things in turtles? Or were they just like... I can't say I remember, but I just remember Battletoads came in and chilled with the turtles. Oh, it's because it's kind of like how Scooby Doo used to do, where they would just bring in random Harlem Globetrotters you know, are just Globe hanging Trotters. out. Bugs Bunny would show up, you know. Or like Urkel would show up to Full House. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, what's going on here? TGIF crossovers, dude. Right? Is that real? Urkel showed up to Full, to- full House? Yeah. What? There's a crossover episode where Urkel shows up on Full House. It was it was towards it was when all of them were sort of spinning out of control and oh, okay. when like Urkel was like Stefan. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're you're losing your goddamn mind. Well, I mean Urkel and Kimmy Gibbler, they would be a match made in heaven. Did y'all try to watch the Full House reboot? I didn't even try. I was like I, I acted tried. like I was excited about it, but I didn't even try to watch I, it. I tried. I watched the first five minutes of it and then it was like no, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Couldn't I couldn't, tapped. Couldn't do it. Could not do it. Dude, speaking of tap out, I had totally forgotten about the... Have you guys seen the tap out show? Do you remember that? The guys that ran tap out. Oh, and like it was like with masks and stuff like it's, that. It's, a, it's essentially looking for a fight. It's the, it's like the formula for looking for a fight where Dana White goes around and looks... About like 15 years ago. But Yes, and with the tap out guys who are the fucking most weird, douche-tastic people ever. It is... Like I can't believe MMA survived. Like they all, they they that show probably almost single-handedly ruined MMA. Uh, yeah, the those crazy, guys are insane. The craziest thing about it is, like everybody liked them in the in the fighting community. Obviously that they were paying the bills. But yeah. like there's episodes where, like we're gonna go hang out with Matt Hughes. We're gonna go hang out with Cowboy Cerrone. And like and there's wearing goofy wigs and space one, paint and shit. Yes, one guy wears a lampshade and like it's yeah, it, it's bizarre. They look like they came from Burning Man almost. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, there, and then there's just one dude who's just like a bro, right? And his name is Punk Ass, which <laughs> yeah, is just like is, fuck it off. Is, it is Punk Ass, and yeah. they all have like like they have names like Skyscraper. Yeah, Skyscrape, Mask, and Punk Ass. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? We had to put those guys in the game. As yeah. like unlockable characters, Did, and you, so you've met him. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mask had passed away by the time we were doing the game. Oh, that's right, he died. Um, but yeah, I've met Punk Ass and Skyscrape. I don't know if I've ever talked to Skyscrape because he's just a fucking dude with a giant goofy wig, right? But I've talked to Punk Ass a couple times, right? He's exactly the dude that you'd expect. Yeah, just like quiet, like yeah, what up, dude? Yeah, what up, Punk Ass? Yeah. Ugh. Okay, we're not talking anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we don't align. We're done. I've yeah. shook in your hand, and like we're moving on. Yeah, yeah, we're not cool. <laughs> Doesn't uh, Joe Rogan wear a lot of tap out? No, not at all. No. I don't think anyone wears tap out anymore. Or affliction? Are you talking about affliction or tap out? Affliction's a different thing. Affliction yeah, is whole. Oh, we're okay. talking about tap out. The original tap out guys were these three guys that started making clothes for it. For and they would come out with fighters too. Yeah, like when they when the UFC had entrances, when they had like the ramp, and you'd come down the ramp, those guys would come out with some fighters and like do like a goofy gimmick as if it's like pro wrestling. Yeah, it was Yikes. bad. It was bad. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. The early days. This episode brought to you by Tap, Tap Out. Out. <laughs> uh, Ron. Yes. What Patrick. was your what, what was your overall feeling with uh, the gall, the gall and the punk? Um, I thought it was uh, hilarious as we were watching it. Uh, it was sad because much like you, Nick, I I really wanted the miracle 
Yeah, I knew happen. it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, but it would have it would have just been crazy. I think we said to each other before it came on, Patrick, we were like, Oh man, what if? What, what if? if punk pulls this off? What if this happens? But it was a ridiculous notion, really. It was it was so ridiculous, yet like it was one of those situations where like I don't know if you guys get this. Sometimes I watch a fight and I care about it so much I get butterflies in my stomach. Mm-hmm. And I started to get that during the CM Punk fight, and I'm like, why am I feeling this way? Right? Why am I feeling this way? Like, he's got to lose. Yeah. 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 The funny thing about it, too, is that he was so open about it, and he was also like, well, I mean, I wanted to just go to go the amateur route, but they just said, hey, you want to do a fight for a lot of money in the UFC? Yeah. yeah. He was like, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, sure, yeah of course. That's what I want. I totally get it. <laughs> but, yeah, afterwards, after the fight... Um, I was like on Twitter and people were like, man, like what a hero and blah, blah. And then I started to get kind of like, all right. Oh, Jesus. And like, You're taking it a bit too far. You wouldn't get in the ring and do what he did. It's like he got paid fucking half a million dollars. Absolutely, I would. I would totally get beat up for one minute for Ab- half yeah. a million dollars. Absolutely. Shut plus, up. Plus you don't <laughs> yeah. get those pay-per-view points. Yeah, exactly. Like I would 100% do exactly what he did for the money he got paid. Don't tell me that. So yeah. what's the future? Does he do, do you think he I mean he's obvi- Dana White's already kind of hinted that he won't probably have another fight with the UFC. But does he, do, should he pursue and, and do some amateur stuff? I feel like he's going to get another fight in the UFC cuz the thing is like they signed him to a multiple fight contract and if they want him to not do those other fights, I think they have to pay him out, you know? Right. And that's Expensive for no reason. And like, might as well let him just get beat up four more times. Yeah, absolutely. or walk away himself. You know, <laughs> if yeah, and if they pay him out, he's he probably Scott Coker will just be like right outside the door with a contract. Like, oh, hello there. Steve. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've got some amazing uh, fighters that we'd love you to fight. He'd be great at Bellator. I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, you know what? I'm totally 100 percent fine yeah. with that. What's your What's your opinion on Bellator versus versus UFC? <sighs> I don't. I haven't watched a Bellator event in a while now. Um, I like Scott Coker taking over Bellator, um, rather than like Winnebago Man's son. Right. Um, but I just don't care. Even when I want to care, I don't care. Right. You know. Right. I I I'll I'll definitely watch Rory. I'm really excited to see Rory and what he can do. But again, I I've got a deep seated hate for Rory. Just because he fought BJ Penn. Oh wow! <laughs> like I was such a hardcore BJ Penn fan for the longest time that the fact that he fought BJ Penn you were just like, makes me hate him. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, and he was a cocky asshole in that fight too. So I was just like, you know what? I think every time that Rory has fought since the BJ Penn fight, I tweet out "fuck Rory McDonald forever." <laughs> every time he fights, <laughs> hashtag BJ Penn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a thing that I do. It gives me satisfaction. <laughs> It keeps me functional. Wow, you have the same hate for Rory McDonald that I do of Conor McGregor. You hate Conor McGregor that much? I mean, in a fun way. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I have fun hating Rory McDonald, yeah. so I get it. I get it. I, listen, I know Conor McGregor's awesome, and I would, if he was in this room right now, I would be enamored. Because he's, <laughs> yeah. he's amazing. You know, but it's also fun just as a fan to be like, you know, to hate the guy at the top. I totally get you know. it. Some of my favorite things to do especially like on mma twitter are to hate on a dude for no apparent reason <laughs> and just go like fucking all caps balls deep for like an hour just talking you shit. suck yeah so i get it i get it really yeah you troll oh yeah i troll hard <laughs> i troll hard that's amazing i don't know if i've ever met someone that admits to that oh I, and like i mean it's i feel like it's very obvious most of the time 
unless it's someone like if some, if it's someone fighting one of the Diaz brothers or if it's someone fighting BJ Penn, um, it's not so much trolling as me just being an incoherent fan that can't hold back his emotions anymore. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Guys, let's talk about one of the main events. Let's talk turkey. Let's talk about some of the kerfluffle that came with the main event, the co-main. We're talking about the best thing. Travis Brown, Verdum. Uh, the fight was the fight was the fight. It went exactly as I think we all expected. It was a good fight. It was. I think exactly the crowd as we expected. I didn't expect that uh, karate kick at the very beginning. That was dope. That, <laughs> that was, was so dope. amazing. Uh, it was amazing. Yeah, I thought it was a great fight. I thought the crowd were being assholes, booing and stuff. Well, first like, of all, Ohio is the most. It's the weirdest state in, yeah, the, in the union. I've been there a couple times. Me it too. Is a weird place. Yeah, I've worked in Ohio. It is bizarre. It's filled with like really attractive girls and then fat people. And the only like <laughs> the coolest thing to do in Ohio is like go to the airport museum or whatever it is, you know, like that's that, it. That's not cool. Yeah, that's not that isn't cool. So I get it. I get why they might be an angry, rambunctious sort of crowd, but But the, yeah, they're just they were just sort of cantankerous and not really and uh, It was such a fun fight. I thought it was a really fun fight. Yeah. They spent their whole time booing until Stipe came on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Didn't Maybe make they any were saving sense. their energy. Um, obviously, some controversy with the finger and the timeout. Yeah, uh, and the. F- did you guys see the image of the finger in the eye? It's pretty. Oh, with Faber. Uh, oh my god. No, with yeah, Brown's finger in oh, Verdun's right. eye. Oh yeah. Where he pushed like a knuckle deep into his eye socket. <laughs> Jesus so Christ. So gnarly. So gnarly. Yeah. So many things to talk about in this fight. Like Verdum doing a front flip kick in every round. What the hell was that? <laughs> Dope. That's what that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time it happened, I was just like, yeah, I love that. Fuck yeah. It's not effective at all, but I love what you're doing. Like, well, I think he was just trying out some stuff that he hadn't tried before. Like, let me just see how this goes down. I think yeah. it's it's been really interesting to watch Verdum like the past like two years because like he just got really good at Muay Thai out of nowhere and he just has a really fun time, it seems. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I mean, he, and he's doing shit that none of the heavyweights are doing. <laughs> no, no one does no a, one's fl- a flying side kick. <laughs> or front flips every round. Like, yeah. Dude, yeah. He went Liu Kang on him. Full Liu Kang. No, he really did. Um, I, I do want to say, since we've got you in the room and you've been around uh, the people of, of Glendale, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you weren't surprised at all that like Edmund would, would scream at him and that there would be like that, that, that fight at the end. Armenians are an aggressive folk, you know? Yeah. Um, And Edmund seems like a particularly aggressive dude from the interactions I've had with him. He's been, he's always been nice to me. Um, But even when he's being nice, I was like kind of frightened. Right. You know? Right. There's something, (laughs) there's something dark behind his eyes. There's just like an aura of like, don't fuck with this dude. Let me ask you, uh, he, he, and then how do you feel about just sort of the, the, backlash that fans and sort of some commentators have about his maybe not being that great of a coach i took i totally agree yeah. i totally agree yeah i think i was looking at like the record of fighters other than ronda uh that have been in his camp like in like recent years not like counting gamburian and carl parisian and it's like his win loss record is like six and twenty it's like abysmal. It's like wow. really bad. With like great fighters. Dudes like Travis Brown was, Brown was killing it before he came to it. Yeah, he was at Jack Wink, right? Clay Guida. Yeah. Um, like all these dudes who are like legit dudes who come and start training with him and then like they just fade out. What's the appeal? Is it just the gym that Ronda Rousey trains at? Or 
I don't get it. I don't get it. Because mm. it's like, there's not a lot of like, there are talented dudes there that are like under the radar boxer dudes. But as far as like training partners, I wouldn't think it'd be a go-to place, right? Like, especially for a guy like Travis Brown, like the guys that are in that gym aren't heavyweight dudes. So like, you're not sparring with people that you should be sparring with right. there as like a dude like Travis Brown. Clay Guida, I think would make a little bit more sense. But it hasn't worked out for him either, so... Uh, you know, where I really started to get sort of even involved and put, giving my ear to any of the and the argument is when Ronda Rousey's mom was like, he's the worst, and I can't believe Ronda's with him. It's just like, your own mom is saying that shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, before other people started training with him, I would have been like, it's total bullshit. Because like, seeing Ronda in the gym with him, her striking was looking like insanely good and stuff like that. And it was like, Oh, this is the guy that's training her to do that. So like, he's good. Yeah. But then you see all these guys coming in and it's not working out. Maybe it's a thing where like, they just have the right vibe, you know, and yeah. it works for her, but it doesn't work for anybody else. Um, I'll be so anxious to see her come back in 20. It sounds like it's going to be 2017. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I, Hoping, hoping that she can come back in and crush it. And she's staying with him. Yeah, surprising. Even with all the controversy and like her mom and all that stuff, staying with him. I, I respect that though. That's like, that's the dude that she's trained with from the get go. You know. Yeah. And the fact that she's staying with him through thick and thin is like, that's admirable. That's cool. She's a loyalist. She is. Um, watching Ron. the uh, we're, we're watching the beginning of the We're Doom fight right here. My Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach is right there. Cobrina. Oh, nice. Yeah, there he is. That's crazy. He's teaching me all the great moves. Really? Just right yeah. off the bat, he's like, Ron, yeah, me you, and you. You, re you rear naked choked me last time, but you're not going to have that. That's tip for tat, tip tat, huh? Oh, yeah, one of our episodes ended with me rear naked choking Ron. <laughs> it's never going to happen Triangle, triangle rear naked. Um, Sorry. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. I'm a white belt i'm a white belt all right <laughs> I, i'm curious like so did you just like let him choke you or did you guys like grapple in the living room while podcasting oh, he'd never been putting it put in the chokes yeah okay, i just gotcha. wanted to know what it felt like yeah did you did you put him out like no. or did you just want to feel almost. like no really yeah almost the I first mean, time i was i got uh, look at that fuzzy vision yeah. yeah well one thing one thing that i told him is like what a lot of people don't realize in the rear naked choke is it's not really the, it's not it's not the it's not the choke it's the this crushing your ribs along you oh, know the, it's sucks, a triangle yeah. around the ribs that's crushing that as well as the throat some nasty the throat shit. part sucks though too yeah <laughs> especially like when like you hear someone make that noise they're like Bleh. yeah yeah <laughs> that's kind of my favorite thing Andrew just <laughs> it's like hearing somebody just go <laughs> <laughs> Nick do you have any belts uh no I'm a white belt too a I stopped belt. I stopped training in gyms, and my roommate and me have, like, mats and pads and gloves. So, like, we just have people come through, and we just fight each other in the garage. So oh, I haven't trained, like, under, like, a legit coach for a few years now. Mm -hmm. I just have people come over, and we just beat each other up in the garage for a couple hours. I had some of that growing up. It's yeah. fun. Oh. Mm -hmm. I don't care, but, you know, like, fighting for me isn't a thing. Like, we had talked about this a little bit earlier. Like, I'm not a fighter. I'm not a dude who, like, goes out and wants to fight people. Right. I think it's a fun hobby. Um, and just knowing that I can do things, I don't need the belt. Like, just knowing, like, I could choke that guy if he was, like, if, if I really wanted to, I don't, because I'll just walk away. But if I really wanted to, I could choke that guy. And mm. that's kind of tight. Yeah. That's all I care yeah, about. Yeah, 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 right. It's just having my own confidence, you know? Yeah. So. That does, that does boost your confidence. Yeah. Yeah. 
We're not fighters. None, none of the three of us are real fighters. A couple or a few. I, I would do it. For, I would do it for sport. Yeah, I I, for sport. I'm a very competitive person. So like, yeah, I yeah. think I think fighting is kind of like the f- purest form of competition in a way, right? It's the only sport to me. Oh, it's the same. It's just two dudes, no like outside factors. Yeah, you got the juice. Two or, dudes or ladies or ladies. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, Ron and I have mentioned several times on this podcast, like. The women's fights are sometimes the absolute most like knockdown, drag out, amazing. Especially when it comes to just like pace, you no know? shit, and technique. Sometimes their technique is way cleaner than because it, it has to be because like they don't have the power behind it, right? So they have to just like throw things really well rather than like just punching a guy real hard. Hey, Ron. Yes, Patrick. What oh. was that noise? Oh, it sounded like an ice cold Lacroix. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Lacroix. I'm drinking lemon. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking grapefruit. Mm. I'm drinking a beer, but I love that you guys are drinking Lacroix. Yeah. I'm all about it. Yeah. We have to. We have to. Are you guys part of? Maybe you aren't, and I'll I'll hit you to it right now. The now fizzing group on Facebook. Uh, no. It's a group of people who love Lacroix and other fizzy like seltzer drinks. Mm. It's the best thing. It's called now fizzing. Now fizzing, and it's just people posting pictures of themselves in weird situations with like Lacroix or like video of them sampling oh, different flavors. That's brilliant. And it's like a very like loving community of people who all enjoy fizzy drinks. Mm. I loved when you drank that coconut Lacroix on. <laughs> no one loves coconut Lacroix. I do. Do you? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do. Okay, maybe you shouldn't friends. join the group then. You might get torn you, you apart. Need to oh, stand, shit, you need to stand up <laughs> and like, get out of here. Everyone's anti-coconut. Get the coconut. fuck out of our group. <laughs> coconut loving. It's, I think it'll get aggressive. Someone will be like, oh, I tried this drink, blah, blah. Like, that's a soda. Get the fuck out of it's here. Like, that's <laughs> crystal clear Pepsi, you <laughs> ass. Yeah. Hey, Ron, you tried crystal clear Pepsi recently, didn't you? I did, yeah. And what did it taste like? It tasted like Pepsi. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It didn't... I remember the Ridge Crystal Clear was like didn't taste like Pepsi. It tastes like butt. Yeah, it's it tasted it was like controversial, pep- right? Yeah, it tasted like Pepsi. I still don't understand it. Right. I, I don't get it. Right. It tastes like Pepsi, and then it's clear. But is it? It's just simply an aesthetic thing, because it's <laughs> not really lower in sugar. There's not much missing except that brownness. Yeah, I like. Is weird. it a way to just kind of sneak? Like, all your friends are dieting, drinking LaCroix, and you're like, ah, me too, guys. Ha. And yeah. you're drinking Pepsi? Yeah. I'd rather drink LaCroix. Me too. Yeah, it was, yeah. I don't know. When was I'm, the last time you actually had a Pepsi? <laughs> that. Uh, that, that, that. Monday. Monday. I had... Oh, snap. Uh, I was meeting with some people, and I wanted to get a quick bite, so I got Taco Bell and a Pepsi. Nice. Eh. Nah. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it. It wasn't nice, but I enjoyed it. One of my deskmates drinks a Diet Pepsi every day at around 3 o'clock. Oh, man. That's well, the weirdest thing. Yeah. It's like his thing. It's like, it's like gets me through the day. I'm like, oh. all right, Eric. Is he 70 years old? No. He's, oh. a, he's a millennial. Young, oh. young millennial. Interesting. Hmm. To each their own, I guess. <laughs> Those millennials and their schedules. Listen, I love LaCroix, and you know, I've, I've bought a lot of stock in uh, the LaCroix company. It's coming but, up. Uh, oh, oh yeah. It's, bl- it's, it's, it's going stratospheric. Trust me. 225% return. That's a pretty high percent. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the price is is high these days. And I've I've been jumping ship. I started buying this stuff called Refresh. It's the generic version it. of LaCroix. And the Lime Refresh. Oh, it's fantastic. So good. So good. Yeah. You can get, and you can get, they sell like those. 40 packs or whatever. You get like a 40 pack for 
the price of eight LaCroix. And you're just sipping that stuff. <laughs> and you're just sipping it. <laughs> you're sipping it after sipping it. <laughs> I drank eight of them before I came over here. That's intense. I, I, I used the word millennial earlier, and I would love to get y'all's opinion on this. Um, so I work for a company where we make video, make content, make market towards male millennials 18 to 30. Mm-hmm. Studies are showing that millennials are having less and less sex. Why? And I, I look around, I like, I've asked the kids, you know, the kids that work at my company, I asked these, these, these 20, 20 something year old kids, why is that? And they all like kind of say like, yeah, like I, I haven't been laid in probably since January. My fucking brains went on this. Like, I was like, What? I, I wouldn't be... I was like, I couldn't function. What, do you, what are you fucking talking about having been laid since January? Did you, you got angry or, at them? I, I, well, yeah, and I was like, are you pursuing? And they're like, no, not really. Look, I understand like going through dry spells, and if January is your dry spell, so be it. But like, the fact that there's been zero pursuit even, I'm like, I, I don't get it. Like, my werewolf inside of me like wanted to just jump into... The, I wanted to bite them so they could turn into a werewolf and go get some. And sometimes... Sometimes I just don't care. I'd rather just do my own thing. Yeah. It's been a minute since I've been laid. Not not since January, but like... <laughs> Nick, yeah. get, just, Nick, just get out of here. Get the just, fuck out just, of here, Nick. Right, sorry, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it was a fun conversation, but you know... No, what? no. Now, listen. I, I don't mean to come on so strong. That, no, no. That's I, just, I'm just giving my instinct. But like, yeah, why are millennials having less and less sex? Well, I think... And I don't know if this is the same for all millennials... Um, I'm at like the tail end of millennials. I'm like the old millennial, but I'm like 35, which is technically millennial, I think. Right. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I think I don't feel like one. Yeah. When people are like, Oh, millennial, I'm like, well, yeah, I think I'm a millennial. Yeah. But like I got laid too much as a young lad. I feel like, uh-huh. you know, like I kind of like burnt myself out on it in a way. I still like it. I, I like it more than almost anything, <laughs> but the pursuit of it isn't as much of a goal for me. It's kind of a thing that I just let happen nowadays. Yeah, yeah. So be it. So be it. Well, I like that. That's a very mature approach. Thank you. Yeah. I'm a uh, very mature millennial. Maybe I'm <laughs> obsessed. Maybe, uh, I, maybe I mean, I'm obsessed. I'm kind of in the I'm kind of in that same realm, you know. It's just after a while, it's like getting it's like getting high, you know. It's like you can only get so high and then you'll never get as high as you've ever been. And like when you're just like, and it's like drinking every day, you know, if you're going out and getting laid every day, it just doesn't have the same appeal, you know? Okay. And we, now we, I, I'm definitely different. I do not think that at all. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, phys- I can't, I have to, I have to be physical. I yeah. have to be. And I, have- I need that. I need to feel, I need to feel physical. I need to feel affection. I need to feel love. Um, well, I get, I get called that. A sex and addict. maybe that's my own sort of like hangups. It's called a sex addict, Patrick. And there's a well, lot I, of, I, I'm not, I, an of... Ad, but an addict is someone who can't function. I'm functional and, and I've gone through dry spells. And hey, I don't like, hey, whoa, I'm whoa, not suicidal. Whoa. Okay. Hey, so you're getting very defensive and kind of angry. <laughs> <laughs> the anger that's coming out makes me think maybe. Oh, so gosh, how about those <laughs> Have other I made fights? It awkward? <laughs> how about those other fights that we're on? <laughs> I asked a question and then fucking derailed. <laughs> <laughs> well, never mind. Back to UFC. It's um, a great sport, isn't it? <laughs> um, Stipe Overeem. What a fight! What a fight! What a fight! Uh, my opinion coming out of that is that uh, Alistair Overeem is excellent at faking. I feel like these days, 
He's just he gets hit and he's basically out. And then he's just really good at faking it. My thing with Alistair is like I feel like he's really good, but and this is coming from someone who has a very minimal amount of like striking experience, but like <laughs> you watch him in K one and the way he covers up is the exact same way that he covers up in the UFC. But he's got big-ass gloves in K1, and the guys he's fighting have big-ass gloves, right? Yeah. So, like, the punches, like, he, like, blocks like this. And, like, with big old gloves, those punches can't sneak through. Um, but in MMA, they sneak through. And he's very comfortable in K1 of just, like, holding his hands up like this and walking forward until he has you in a corner and then just beating the fuck out of you. But it doesn't work in UFC because they can just, like, punch right through that. Right. And he just gets hit a lot. And I think he's so used to training like with kickboxing gloves. Like he's gotta just stop using those gloves. I think that's a big thing. And that's like a very like specific thing that I'm just making an assumption about. But No, I think that that's actually one of the wisest things I've one of the wisest assessments I've heard I've heard of. Him. You're right. <laughs> you are and you're right. Uh, but even when he switched camps and went to uh, Jackson Winklejohn and he's fighting, I still just don't I just don't think he has it. Nah. Uh, it's sad. It is sad because I, like, I wanted him to win that fight. I'm like pride fanboy through and through, like never die, you know. Um, so whenever one of those guys is fighting, I'm like, I kind of hope he wins, even though if I know he's probably not going to. And then that fight, like, was so back and forth with them dropping each other within like the first like minute. I was like, oh shit, Oberyn's gonna be the heavyweight champ. How weird is that that that's gonna happen now? And then no, no. Ron, I think we talked about this when we saw the fight. Why did he go for that guillotine? He has a sick guillotine. He he does have a sick one. But but his but head, he rocked his me. head was teed up. Yeah, yeah. His yeah, head for was sure. teed ready for a home. Run. It was ready for a it fucking was, it was. was like, please take take me to Valhalla right now. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, you're you're definitely not wrong. He could have just like started laying into him there. But when you have a move that you're really good at, I right. get why you would want to do it, you know? I love that Joe Rogan put him on blast. And then, but then he felt bad afterwards. I was like, maybe we shouldn't be interviewing dudes who just got knocked out. Of course. Of course true. Yeah. True. But yeah, that was, that was great. Just like, let's tell me exactly when he taps or when you think he taps. <laughs> We're here. We'll watch it from another angle. Yeah. Why not, <laughs> yeah. why not, why not just let it slide? Joe Rogan. You yeah. Know, why, why not just let it slide? Well, well just be like, oh, okay. Well, that's your opinion. Okay. And moving on. Yeah. Well, he's also. You can tell sometimes when he's like, when they're like in his ear. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've been, I've done what he's done before, uh, mm. where I've been on stage with someone in my ear, and mm. it is not easy. And I'm sure he just is. I'm sure he's hearing two or three voices even. They're like, put him on blast, Rogan. Like we're, we're queuing that footage put up right now. Put him uh, on yeah. blast. If you ask him where he thinks the tap happened, yeah, they, they, yeah, for sure. And we have somebody in your ear telling you a thing, like it's hard not to do that thing. Right, of course. Yeah. You're doing what they say. Um, yeah, so, but I mean, you guys saw the tap, right? I did. You it was a finger it. tap. Yeah. He like, just with his pointer finger. I did not. I did not. You didn't see the tap? <laughs> I did not see the tap. I wanted to see the tap. Especially like, I love, my favorite events are the ones where everything is just super weird. So I was like, God damn it, I hope there is a tap just to make this like on One, top of all of the weird things that happened, if that was the end of a heavyweight title fight at the end of this weird event, it would have been the perfect thing for me. One for the books. Yeah. 
I love when everything is just goofy. And I was like, man, if this fight's over and he retained the belt, but he actually tapped, that would be the most entertaining thing to me. Yeah. That, I mean, that was an event that was kind of like that. The, uh, the Oompa Loompa ref. What's his name? He had, <laughs> Junior Brock. He had a crazy night of just like really fucking up. I hadn't really like noticed that dude until that night either, you know? Right. Yeah, I just think, yeah, I've seen him around, but... But I was like, you know what? This guy's a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a real thing. He shined bright. <laughs> he shined bright. It was his night. night. It, MVP, for I, sure. I wonder if he'll... I mean, Dana White has no control over who... Uh, the Right? That's a whole different yeah, union. Yeah, it's, it's all the athletic commissions right. for each state. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so, we've talked thoroughly through 203. Coming up this weekend, we have Poirier versus... Brown? Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson. Sorry. Whoa. Yeah. And we got your boy Uriah Hall. I got Uriah Hall. And he's fi- he fighting? He's fighting Brunson. Derek Brunson. Ooh. Yeah. Whoa. Sorry. Whoa, guys. <laughs> Just a little, a little intermission. A little theme song intermission. Oh, I thought you were about to cue some crazy shit up. <laughs> no. Uh, that's just... Uh... That just means that we've been talking for an hour. Oops. Oh, nice. We're at Sorry. the hour. Okay. Um, Should we go into an afterburn a little bit? Yeah. A little let's, afterburn. Let's, let's afterburn. All right. I'm into it. Um, we got Brunson, Hall. I love I love that fight. I love the 185 division. It's just so topsy-turvy right now. We have no idea who could, who could win. Everyone is waiting for that moment for Uriah Hall to... Shine to I blow gave up, up on it. You get, yeah, it's, I gave it's up not gonna happen, is it? It's I'm, not gonna I'm happen. I'm picking Brunson for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it existed for a moment. Like the moment and, they called him the next Anderson Silva, I was like, oh, nope, that's man, never gonna happen. That's yep. never gonna happen. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, because everyone's like, oh yeah, he's gonna come out, he's gonna do some flippy flip, and he's gonna knock the fuck out of someone again. And he had that dope. Knockout on like the Ultimate Fighter. It's still it like, one of the most the terrifying. most brutal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the guy's just like, mm, yeah. like <laughs> it was like, oh wow, this guy is legit. And they're like, next Anderson Silva. I was like, oh, you just fucked his whole career up. Great like, job. There's no way, way that happened. To curse this man. Yeah, <laughs> I just never have seen the killer's edge. I mean, obviously that that the jump spin kick that he did against um, who was that? Ah, I can't remember his name right now. Who did it he, beat? That guy can't remember his name. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, he's still fighting. Uh, it, it was. Yeah, no, no, it's, an, uh, uh, it's offensive to him. He's like a top top seven guy. Um, who am I thinking of? Anyway, he he just doesn't have the heart of a lion. He just I, I never feel like he's in there to kill. There's never a sense of urgency, even if he like knows he's down. Right. He just sits back and like it's like a sparring session almost for right. him every time. Right. Um, it's frustrating because like you've seen flashes of like how dope he could be and he just never lives up to that potential. Musasi. He jumped, he jumped back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Gagard's on this highlight reel. He probably hates that so much. Yeah. (laughs) God, it was awesome though. He doesn't deserve that. Yeah. (laughs) Musasi does not deserve that. But it was awesome. (laughs) Oh, it was, it was, it was dope. But the what if is what I love about Uriah Hall. What if he comes out and dusts and just, we see great, we see greatness. Even if there's just flashes of it every once in a while, it would make me appreciate him that much more. But you just don't see it enough. No. Nah. Hmm. I've, I've given up on like hoping that he'll be 
I, uh, the amazing fighter that I wish he was after that first knockout. Where, what, what do you predict? What do you what, what do you predict in terms of uh, in terms of that? Like what round? Boring is decision win for Brunson. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm gonna. Yeah. Well, okay. What about Poirier? Uh, f- oh man, that's a tough one. Um, Michael Johnson fights out of uh, Black Zillions. Yeah. And then uh, Poirier is with I can't remember. Poirier is a dude that I will always root for. Yeah, he's been um, coming in hot. He's he- he's heavier now, right? Yeah. And he's good. He's fucking good. He's a dude who, like, bringing it back to, like, working on the UFC games, he was a dude that wasn't on the roster because he wasn't, like, legit yet at the time when the roster was decided. Because, like, you you decide on the roster for the game well ahead of when it comes out because, like, you just have to be ahead and, like, start, like, doing motion capture and Uh all that stuff. And he started to get on a good streak right before the game was going to come out. So people were all pissed that he wasn't in the game. And he, like, DM'd me and was like, I'll just keep winning and doing my thing until I get put in the game. And like, and like, it's like a smiley face. And I was like, you know what? From this point forward, I like that guy a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Johnson is fucking a scary dude though. Yeah. But I got, I got to pick Poirier just cause we had some good DMS. Right. Yeah. You, you (laughs) worth it. I I always pick him because I loved that documentary. Oh yeah, dude. It was, yeah, it was a really good one. What was it called? Hmm. Whatever it was called, it was good. Yeah. It was like about like local New Orleans like it, MMA yeah. organization. Is it called Teleportier? Teleportier. <laughs> mm, no, that was on the table though. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was yeah, like number two or three. Uh, yeah, it's crazy though. Dude has a lot of wins. Uh, I guess seven, like seven wins dudes. with Conor McGregor in between. Conor McGregor's the tomato in between. Uh, seven wins from him. And, like, one of the best Darce Chokes out there, right? He's got, like, three or four wins with, by Darce Choke. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's nasty. Rom- that's, a, that's, a, that's a scary-ass choke, too. Like, that's one that, like, instantly puts guys to sleep. So whenever someone puts, like, has one that's, like, really good, I immediately just expect them to be the coolest dude on the ground. Um, Ron, who do Bravo you... Bravo Choke. Oh, I don't know what that is, but that's... He has one, two, three... Four wins by Bravo. Joe. It's probably the Darce. They probably just yeah. call it a different thing. Bravo, Jabo. Are they? Are you saying Bravo? Bravo, right? Bravo. I, uh. I mean, uh, Cobrina hasn't taught me that one yet, but uh, I'm sure. He but will. but it, we're scheduled next week. Yo, <laughs> let me let me ask you this. Okay. Um, who do you got for that? What round? How does it go down? Oh, Por- for Poirier. Yeah. yeah. Poirier's gonna win. Poirier's gonna win. Um, he's gonna win by. Um, TKO. What? Yeah, early in round two. Yep. Nasty. Yeah. It's cool though. He's 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 <laughs> on a tear. Nice. Yeah, now that he's in the lightweight division, you know, I mean he's gonna I think he has a title shot now. I don't think he's gonna make it to to getting a title shot, but he's you know, I I like seeing him at lightweight. Hmm. I like seeing these guys getting heavier. You know? It's good. And Cowboy not, heavier, not dropping right. like Sometimes, or like back in the day, traditionally, a guy going up in weight meant just he couldn't cut weight and he was like giving up. But these guys like going up and doing well, yeah. like even McGregor going up yeah. and fighting Diaz and like doing as well as he has is like, oh, all right, that's pretty dope. Yeah. yeah. It's not just a guy like Anthony Johnson. I mean, and Anthony Johnson too. Anthony Johnson was a guy that just couldn't make weight and then yeah. he went up like three weight classes and he's dope. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe he shouldn't have been cutting all that weight. I still <laughs> physically don't understand how he cut to 170. 
I don't. I mean, I don't he finish. made it like one time, and yeah. then he just missed away every time <laughs> yeah, after that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a magician. That probably hurts so bad. Oh uh, yeah. Oh man, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to. When you fight, you don't need to cut that much. Uh, yeah. What's uh? What's what's heavyweight? Two sixty-five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Still, I gotta cut a little bit. Still. <laughs> Wait. There's a. Is there a minimum to heavyweight? Two thirty. You have to be two thirty. Yeah. So yeah. there's nothing between two hundred five and two thirty. That's crazy. It's yeah. It's weird. So, yeah, like so that that's that's the weirdest like jump, because then like you either have to like cut a shitty amount of weight, or just get fat. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you have two choices and they're both shitty. Right. You think Stipe could cut to two hundred five? I mean, what's he weigh? Probably 245, something like that. Yeah. He's a tall man. Yeah, I feel like that'd be a bad move. Um, uh, John Jones is calling out Stipe. Yeah. He well, John Jones, ch- got, jo- he he's got to get his shit together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love John Jones, but yeah, get yeah. your shit together, get dude. Shit, shit. I mean, I'll quote Cormier on that. Yeah. So, um, concluding question. Okay. It's something we came up, or something I thought about while we were uh, watching the fight together, Ron. To be a true like hero of the game, to be a champion that the, that people want to see and like cheer, you got to know English. I'm gonna I'll I'll I'll, put, I'll state the case like that and then take counter arguments if, if if there are any. I don't think there's many counter. I don't, I'm not gonna. I won't argue that. No, no. I I will say. I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna argue it. I think you can be a badass fighter and a great champion. But to be a dude who's exciting, who people care about, you gotta be able to work the mic, you know. Anderson Silva is an interesting example, but he wasn't really that popular for a really long time. And he would say things that are like weird, confounding things with his broken English that made it like, as a fan of the weirdest things in MMA, like him being like, "Oh, he's normal. He's normal. normal. The fight is the fight." (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like him just saying weird things made it like work. Yeah, and he had been like winning for so long that like he couldn't like it was just like all right he's the best okay yeah he became the exception to the rule in a little bit just because people were like well I guess we just can't ignore this guy right Aldo too is like Aldo's amazing but amazing people, and they people never don't latched care. on to him yeah they, they never latched on to him when he was the champ and, and he I, was I, one of the scariest champs out there for yeah. sure uh, and then I think just you know in uh, just you know just to look look at someone who was a champ in foreign. Uh, or not a native English speaker. You look at Dos Anjos, and people really liked him. Like I, I had several friends who were like, "I really like Dos Anjos. He's he's a great champ." Um, and I, I mean, obviously, speak he speaks English. You know, yeah, he speaks English. Um, we also had that kind of like lovable oaf kind of vibe to him I know, too. Right? You know, yeah. he looked like, like a Care Bear. Have you ever not s- a Care Bear, a gummy bear? Have you ever seen his wife? They're divorced now, but like. She was a lady who you would not expect a professional fighter to be married to because, like... When did they get a divorce? Uh, after he became famous. Oh, like <laughs> champion famous? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, but she was like... I was like, when I saw her, I was like, huh. It made me kind of like oh. him more. I'm going to pull up a picture for you guys. And you at home who are listening, go ahead and look this up because... Google Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> You're not far off, dude. Really? And I feel like an asshole saying that. Um, yeah, you just made me feel sound like a terrible human being. No, no. <laughs> I made the joke. I'm judging. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's... She's pretty nice. 
Let me see. Um, oh. She just looks older. She looks really old. Yeah, that's the main thing. She looks very old. Oh. Sorry, Miss Former Dos Anos. It's but. rude because people are putting a, a picture of Junior Dos Santos face as a compare beat up face as a comparison to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People are so The just, internet is the most so rude rough. thing. God, so the MMA people can be brutal too. Oh uh, yeah, they really are the worst. Maybe that's why millennials aren't going out for sex because they just don't want you know they, they don't, don't get trolled. Like if it if it goes down wrong, you know, some girl's gonna be like, oh this guy like posting pictures of their uh, tiny penis or something like that. They're just like, mm, you know what? It's not worth the risk. No, that's just, totally a concern in the back of my mind when I'm on Tinder. It's like when I'm messaging someone, I'm like, all right, like, I don't want to say the thing that gets me put on a Tumblr about like shitty dudes on Tinder. Yeah. Not like not like misogynistic, but just yeah. like goofball. Like, yeah. look, look at this, this sucker, loser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Look at this loser, lame. I feel like that's me. a thought that's always in the back of like a millennial's head with like yeah. online dating and stuff like that. Yeah. Is right. that you could just get put on blast on the internet and become yeah. a meme. Dude, I'll how's, my, how's this girl gonna ruin my life? I'm sure. I'm sure I'm on them. Like I'm sure I'm on those things. The shit I've said to girls. I've tried the nice guy, the bad guy. I've tried it all. Oh, I always man. just go with friendly, and it all funny, works. dude. <laughs> you go friendly, funny. Yeah, I like yeah. ask like a weird question. Yeah, you know. I've never been on it because I've I've been in a committed monogamous relationship for longer than Tinder's been around. So. Probably for always, the best. I just live vicariously. But the, I have a friend of mine who was uh, one of those girls who were like, yeah, I love Tinder. Yeah. She's like, was married for a really long time and then got divorced. Um, and it's just like loving life. Like, oh, yeah, I love going on Tinder. Like, <laughs> those guys are so ridiculous. And so I've just kind of been like doing a kind of social experiment with them. Like, she's doing like art projects and all this other stuff. And I was just like, that's, you're awful. You're an awful, <laughs> awful the worst person. Thing. Like, <laughs> this is why millennials aren't having sex. Exactly. Because of you. Exactly. <laughs> like you're just an experiment to someone, or like you're oh, just... art project. Yeah. I've seen that a couple times. Right. And then girls like put that on their profile. Like I'm just using this as an art project. You're like, ah, but you're really hot. So maybe I should message you still <laughs> yeah. and just try. Yeah. Yeah. What if we? What well, there's a love match here? <laughs> yeah. There's not. Yeah. She's like makes a sculpture. Like this is one of the fools who thought it would be fun to date me <laughs> i am uh i'm currently not single uh and i i really i really love the girl i'm with and i i foresee i foresee it going the distance but if i'm ever single again and i do any online dating i'm getting on farmersonly.com what's that oh dude dude farmers you don't have to stay only? lonely at farmersonly.com they have a great jingle it's like just for like farmer folk and like people who are into country music to date each other. Oh, you wow. don't have to stay lonely at farmersonly.com. It's, yeah, it's catchy. <laughs> that was, that's extremely catchy. We harmonized catchy. there. That was good. Nice, right? We should get in the jingle business. And it sounds like, I feel like on farmersonly.com, no one's doing a fucking art project about <laughs> no. their dating. No. Art? Yeah. Art? What do you yeah. mean? Art? Like an art, like a person who's on Farmers Only, who's doing an art project, is like welding horseshoes together. Yeah. You know? That's an art project. They're like cross stitching your face. I make finger <laughs> Chinese finger traps out of wicker. <laughs> that seems like too advanced. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm being an asshole again. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, Farmers man. are clever. Farmers are clever. Yeah, I mean, look at the. Uh, 
I was going to come up with like the name for like a farming device, but I can't off the top of my head. <laughs> a plow. Cotton gin. That's cotton a thing, right? Gin, okay, yeah. cool. The yeah. scythe or scythe? A scythe. 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 Sorry. <laughs> I uh, did not uh, go to college. Farm Barely college. <laughs> scythe. Scythe. Well, th- I think that's all we have time for today. It, I do too. And also, I have to pee really bad. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. yeah. So let's let let's call it. Let's call it. Uh, let's go mark Nick, our territory. Nick Robinson. Robertson. Nick Robertson. <laughs> Nick Robertson. What was it? Robertson. What was the African name you gave me? Let's just go with that. <laughs> Nick, uh, I forgot. <laughs> anyway, this is Nick Robertson. I'm Patrick Plarp, and this is Ron Robertson. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening, and farewell. Check us out on Wolf Ticks MMA. They're selling you all wolf tickets, people. You're eating them right up. Wolf tickets, Selling your wolf tickets, people, you eat them right up. Wolf tickets, people.